Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Sean's Rambles. This is episode 7. And in this episode, I am going to talk about a topic which is far too big to talk about in 15 minutes, but I'm going to take a stab at some of it today. And that topic is teaching science fiction. So the topic was suggested by Margot Leia Hurwich, if I got the name correct, I hope. And uh, her, her Twitter handle is at Mango Heroics. And she wanted me to talk about the act of teaching science fiction, in part because I'm teaching, as some people know from the blog, a space opera course in, oh, about three and a half weeks. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, and I'm sure I'll do more episodes that are related to that particular project as well as the courses start. I have to wait for fall semester to begin. So, uh, but today I wanted to talk about my approach to creating the syllabi. Um, or more specifically, the the reading list. I'm not going to talk about assignments because that's a little bit on the dull side, although if somebody really wants me to talk about it, I will. But I did want to talk about how I come up with the text I read. So there are a couple of different phases. Um, usually I begin by knowing what kind of course I'm going to teach, which in some way informs the text that I will choose. So in the case for the Space Opera course that I'm teaching in a few weeks, I was asked if I would do an upper division course on on science fiction. It had to have a strong American focus. That pretty much set the the rules. I could not have works that were outside of that wheelhouse. And so I decided, well, okay, I'm going to do space opera because A, I think space opera is really exciting, and B, it's so important to the genre, it seems like something I could do in an upper division course and we could actually reasonably explore a single subgenre. Uh, the college said, well, that sounds like a cool idea, so come up with a syllabus. So that immediately st- gave me the sort of parameters that I could work with. I could only teach American texts with exceptions that I could make and did make in the case of the space opera course. Um, I made the exception of having a week where we are reading some British texts, primarily because space opera is going through kind of, or has been going through for the last 20, roughly 20 or so years, through what you might call kind of space opera renaissance, uh, and a lot of that is influenced by the British, and I didn't think that I could teach that. that. So that's a kind of a second second factor that could influence it, right? The, the movements you want to represent, the kinds of texts you need to represent. Uh, but the first one is obviously the parameters of the course. The second one is, as I say, right, the movements you want to represent. So when I've taught, say, for example, American literature, uh, which is not explicitly about science fiction, I usually decide a, a roughly 50 per- 50 year period of history to go through, mostly because I want to give a sense of American literature as a survey that really gets to some of the meaty texts of the period, uh, of a given period of American literature, and deals with at least some of the major movements. And so if I deal with the first 50 years of the 20th century, I get modernism, early postmodernism, uh, I get realism and the turn from realism, those kinds of things, and I get the World Wars, which has a great impact on literature. Also, uh, early feminist movements, well, I shouldn't say early, I guess middle feminist movements, because this is kind of the period when uh, suffrage more or less wins out, and you get the vote, and then you have, well, that that big span of period where you have the vote, but, well, you, you get the idea. So for science fiction, the kinds of movements I'm limited to really depend on the period and the region I'm dealing with. For the space opera course, I'm limited to American literature, and I am limited to American influences on that literature. And so it became very clear when I wanted to teach this course that I was going to do 
a course that kind of went over the the development of space opera through time leading up to what is actually related to my thesis, which is American New Space Opera, ending more or less, not exclusively, but with Tobias Bikel as the kind of ending text, although Anne Leckie does technically end the, the course, and I think that's because she represents a kind of pinnacle moment in the development of Mer- American uh, space opera that is kind of fitting into that new mold, is doing something very unique. And I wanted to show her alongside Tobias Bakel as two sides of a coin. And it's my contention that in, in the case of space opera, there are actually three different forms of space opera, roughly speaking, that are best represented by a, a sequence of texts. You have Star Trek, which is kind of optimistic, sociological science fiction, kind of the wagon train in space. You have Star Wars, which is the kind of also optimistic, but more mythical scale, high adventure SF, the kind of stuff we expect from the pulps. And then you have what I would argue is the 2001 space opera, the kind of deep interaction with with space and how that influences the human subject um, on a grand scale. Now, some will disagree about whether or not 2001 is actually space opera, and I think that's a fair point. There's a reason why I'm not teaching 2001. Um, so those are the kinds of main uh, hurdles I kind of have to go through. So how do I go about selecting text? Well, after I've kind of given myself the parameters, either the time limitations, the movement limitations, et cetera, et cetera, uh, I then go through looking at the kinds of text that I want to teach. Um, and I make a big list. And in the case of the space opera list, I have two big old stacks of books that are still sitting next to my desk. I'm only teaching a quarter of these these books. I'm teaching a lot of short short stories, uh, but uh, of the novels, I'm only teaching about six novels, roughly speaking, depending on what you consider to be a novel. There are a couple that are technically novellas. And so I start with a very large list. I go through, I think about all of the space opera that I'm interested in, and then I go through and I look at lists. I look at uh, uh, history books. I look at online accounts of space opera. There are a number of essays that are online of people talking about space opera. And then I go looking through academic texts, trying to find references to whatever the subject is. And with the space opera course, well, that became a big problem because there's very little in the academic context that is written about space opera. And by very little, I mean one book that's exclusively in French has not been translated, which appears to be about space opera, and maybe five or six notable essays that are on space opera at different periods. And from there, you're basically stuck with... Uh, introductions to anthology collections such as Brian Aldiss's collection, uh, the space opera Renaissance one by Hartwell and Kramer, and other collections of that sort. It became a big problem of how I represented that, which leads me to the other f- way I find text, which is asking people I know who may have ideas. And usually by that point, I have a sense of the kinds of themes and issues I want to address, so I can kind of target who I'm asking and what I want them to consider. I do that not because I'm lazy and because I don't know my field, but more because I believe that collaboration is actually really crucial to the academic context. There's a reason why I'm doing a Hugo project with a friend who's a colleague and why I actually want him to remain part of it and not just somebody I leave as a footnote. Um, I believe in collaboration. I think that we can bring something together that we uh, couldn't do individually. It also lightens the load. And when it comes to syllabus creation, I like to ask because... There is a very good possibility that I missed something I didn't consider. Maybe there's a text I haven't heard of that would go really well in this little corner. Or maybe there is something else that uh, would be better than a text that I already selected. These kinds of things I can, I can lose sight of because you kind of get 
in a zone and you just kind of think about all of the books that you want to teach and the stories you want to teach. And that is based on your own narrow academic interest. And in my case, I'm not a space opera scholar per se. That's not my primary field. My actual work, which is Caribbean science fiction, does include space opera. And by extension, that means I know a little bit about the fields beyond that. But it is all very much encompassed within my specific very narrow, very niche market uh, in terms of academic interest. So I'm a post-colonial scholar. My primary field is post-colonial literatures and responses to colonialism. Space opera fits really well into that, hence why it's in my dissertation. But that also means that I sometimes miss things. So that's kind of the basic idea, right? I, I start with whatever the limitations of the course are. Um, I set up my own limitations even further uh, by period, etc. I move on to other kinds of movement-based limitations. And once I have all the limitations in place, I move on to the phases of actually selecting. I go through my own interests and works that I have read that I think would be good fits. I kind of come up with a rudimentary syllabus. I go to the internet. I go to academic sources looking for significant texts and things that might be, that I might need to teach over things that I would rather teach. Um, and then I go to colleagues, people that uh, may offer uh, a different perspective. And that's basically how I come up with my, my list. It's a very long process. It takes, honestly, it can take up to three or four weeks if I'm doing it nonstop. I put a lot of thought into my syllabi and what, what texts I teach and how much, how much I can teach given the type of course. It's, it's a grueling process, but it is one that is well worth it. On that note, I think I'll just kind of leave it there. Uh, there's more I want to say. This episode obviously became about the space opera syllabus. That's, that's the one I've most recently worked on. I will probably have a few more episodes where I talk about my approaches to actually teaching the the works. And that's going to be kind of a hard one to talk about. And I may just do it in terms of individual texts for my space opera course. Because trying to talk about how you approach literature is it, honestly, it's so variable. Uh, it depends on the text. It depends on movements you're dealing with. It depends on the themes of the text. Uh, how you approach it is just really very, very different. So do expect more on that probably in a few more weeks. I'll probably have more stuff coming out about that. If you'd like to leave a comment or an additional question about this topic, you can easily do so by going to seanduke.net slash seansramble007. That's all numbers and no apostrophe. Uh, I'll have the show notes there, some links. And if you'd like to contact me, you can do so a number of ways. You can contact me on Twitter. I'm at Sean Duke. You can send me an email, A-R-C-O-N-N-A at Yahoo.com. That's Arcana at Yahoo.com. You can also go to SeanDuke.net, and at the top there's a little contact form. If you do enjoy the Sean's Rambles, I would really appreciate it if you'd leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. You can also go to SeanDuke.net slash Sean's Ramble 007 and go to the sidebar. There's all the stuff right there. You can subscribe and all of that too in case you're finding me kind of through a side channel. Uh, and other than that, uh, I would really appreciate any support you can give by going to Patreon.com slash SeanDuke. I want to keep doing this kind of stuff, so any anything you can do to help, that'd be great. So thanks for listening, and uh, see you next time. <laughs>